The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. Hello and welcome to the Two Robbies podcast, your destination for in-depth discussion and analysis of the Premier League and the Champions League. I'm Robbie Musto, he's Robbie Erland. Here are today's topics. Man City place one hand on the trophy after sweeping aside Everton and Arsenal fall at home to Brighton. Guardiola's men now can be Premier League champions next weekend. Plus, an important three points for Manchester United over Wolves, while Newcastle draw at Leeds. A crucial point earned by Nottingham Forest at Stamford Bridge. And farewell to Southampton, who are heading back to the Championship. That's what we've got coming up in today's episode. Okay, my friends, should we... Um, well, how do you want to kick this off? So, should, should we talk about how the day unfolded with... Manchester City going to Goodison Park, an Everton team that just won 5-1 against Brighton, buoyed by that result. A full and packed Goodison Park. Many suggesting in the run-in for City, this might might be a, 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 mm. a yeah. game that they drop points. Sandwiched between the two Madrid games, Rob. Um, although I thought Everton well set up and decent organisation in the thir- first 30 minutes and, and try to you know break up City's play, eventually... City get to you, don't they, and do their thing? Yeah, eventually it happened, yeah. I mean, I did think that, I mean, I thought Everton were, were I guess, to be expected, Rob. Yeah. Sat back real quick. They mm-hmm. sat back, they were defensive. I would love, and I know it's easier to say it and do it, of course, and I often, you know, I think when we've seen Man City rattled before, Rob, like, I just felt like a Goodison Park on the back of a great result against Brighton, have a bit of a go, engage mm. a little bit, try and rattle them, try and ruffle the feathers a little bit. Stuff that I love to see when you're at home against, mm. you know, the champions. But it was a defensive kind of posture, sitting right back in there. And they did frustrate for a little bit of time. Um, that said, Rob, just before you it, move guess, on, sorry, did yeah. that before you move on, yeah. I thought they had one or two situations where they, they trying to break, the break could play, they, they had a transition, got into Calvert-Lewin, Decore, I think, went through once, I think Wobie on the other side, and it was poor passing, Rob, it was poor quality, poor decision-making, gave mm. the ball away in the opportunities mm. when you just might ruffle those feathers, as you were saying, get a few shots on target, put mm. City a little bit on the back foot. Mm. Mm. Yeah, that's, that's, that's what you were hoping for. I mean, City... Rested De Bruyne, rested John Stones, rested Jack Grealish, you know, made the changes that we expected. I mean, of course, they got brilliant players coming back in. You know, they got brilliant players. They made the changes. Um, they win the game 3-0. I just, I just, yeah, I just wanted Everton to have a little bit more of a go. That's what my, that's what my main kind of disappointment is. And, and I know there's a mismatch. And I know all the stuff, you know, I know, um, you know, the reasons for not doing that. But I just think given last week, given that atmosphere, given that stadium, um, I just thought they made it, even from the, I think from the first whistle, they sat back mm. and then Everton, uh, City then, oh great, 
here's the ball, thank you. Progress up the field, and then obviously just trying to find a way through. Um, so, uh, you know, we, we, we should cut quickly, Rob, I think, to the chase here. We all know what's, what a great side City are. Um, but just the difference makers in today's game. I talked about players that weren't weren't playing, and you know, Ilkay Gundogan, Rob, with with yeah, you know, we've mentioned him many times on this mm -hmm. podcast, right? Mm -hmm. And we've we've given him, you know, underappreciated is something we do every weekend on the back yeah. of a Premier League match day, and we'll kind of scour around a little bit. I mean, he's won it, I, you know. Sometimes we, we don't obviously want to pick the same guy multiple times, and we're not doing that, but the the, the the fact that this guy's contract's up in, in June, yeah. that he can't, at the moment, find an agreement with Manchester City, there's a strong link with Barcelona, they want to give him the, the duration of contract that I think he's looking for, yeah. I think that may be the stumbling block at Man City. Is it not just the world that underappreciates Ilkay yeah. Gundogan? Is, yeah. is Man City, Rob, do, do Man City also underappreciate this guy who is a stunning, stunning footballer? I think you, you put the note on, on a, in our WhatsApp group or, or whatever, but if he does leave the Premier League um, at the end of the season with Manchester City as, as a title winner and what, however many trophies they have, I think in recognition of, of what he does, how he does it, the person that he is, we should mm. call it the Gundogan Award. And it should be yeah. the underappreciated player of the week. And everybody would, yeah. would know straight away. I said today, Rob, he, he's... He's an absolute manager's dream. He's high-quality footballer with low maintenance. Mm. I mean, he's a captain of the football club. He does everything the right way. Really interesting as, as, as today was playing out because I kind of thought to myself, let's just go back a week. Don't you remember a 2 up against Leeds? Harlan gave Gundogan the ball. Gundogan missed the penalty. Pep wasn't happy with him. He bought mm. him off. He didn't mm. speak to him and all that. Mm. And again, I could talk about the Pep Poke. That's Pep just you know, making sure messages are going yep. in and things are done right. Comes up today with a performance, Rob, that, that's so city that if on the days when all that good football and all the possession and all the width and the runs and things don't actually get them the goal, they, they kind of turn to another mode. They go click, individual mode. KDB day. Phil Foden day. Ilkay Gundogan day. Jack Grealish day. Erling Haaland day, somebody in that team can, can find special, high-end, technical moments to win them the game. It's almost, it's almost a bit unfair that they, they can have that mode as well. They should either be either a great team or have some great individuals. But, but it's like they've got the combination of both. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to throw this back in two questions, two parts, Rob, here, right? Okay. First part, I want to I follow up on Ilkay Gundogan because I was sat watching it it's Mother's Day, isn't it? And, and, and happy Mother's Day to all the mums oh, out yeah. there. Um, our, two, our two sons are, are back with us, you know, and we're enjoying them. And uh, uh, so I enjoyed having the time when my son's watching a football. Of mm. course, they absolutely love it. Um, we did watch the Middlesbrough game in the playoff first leg. Go on the ball, up the borough. This morning, Saturday. Um, up the borough, nil-nil, away at Coventry. So good chance to get to the playoff final, which is the day before mm. the final day. Um, but we were talking about Gundogan. And I said to Elliot, I said... Is an example of an individual player that's not actually brilliant to anything. He's not big and powerful. Mm. He's not fast. He's not super skillful and technical. I mean, he's a lot of things that he's just. And, and of course, what it is is is, is football IQ, is soccer mm. IQ, is mm. intelligence, is decision making, his 
his uh, just understanding of the game and, and the cleverness that he's got. But do you know what I mean, Rob? Raw, raw talk, apart from that, which is which obviously is a lot. Yeah, yeah. It's not as though he he brings so much in in one department of an individual player that he's impossible to play against. He's so blimmin' effective of people worrying about Haaland, worrying about other players that he sneaks into these little positions, mm-hmm. given the license from his manager to do that because of the way they, they organise midfield. But he's just, he never gives the ball away. He saw scores a ton of goals when the yeah. team needs goals. Ellen Harland, for, for large parts, didn't touch the ball. Yeah, and fine. yet he can step up, like you said. It, it, it turns up and they think, right, you know what? I need to do something here going forward. Do you know what I mean, Rob? In terms of him, um, so let, let me res, res, let you respond to that before I get on to the second part. Yeah. Oh, okay. So, so I slightly challenge that, that, that opinion, I'd have to say. Uh, total respect for, for what you're saying. And I get exactly what you're saying. There's no one thing that sets him apart. But it reminds me, it reminds me Rob, of, of, of like if, if any young player is out there, you could mould yourself on Ilkay Gundogan and develop your game in so many parts that the, the, the sum of it makes you an outstanding in, individual. No, I, I was trying to think in my head, as you were talking, I was trying to think, who could I kind of say is, is at that level? And do you remember Kaká for, for Brazil? Who sometimes you used to look at and yeah. think, well, he isn't super powerful. He wasn't super this. He wasn't that. Well, but I he... saw him live, Rob, on two or three occasions and was blown away at how good at everything he was. Technical, football IQ, timing of runs, getting in the box. But he could run by people, Rob. He's, he's uh, different. I mean, yeah, he could dribble but, by but, people but, brilliately. But, Gundogan's got. I would say Gundogan's timing is probably as good as as, as, as thing. You don't have to be quick. You don't have to be super quick and, and powerful runner to to get in the box. You've got to know when to when to go and where to go. And and Gundogan's yeah. got a GPS yeah. in his head, mate. He, he he's got that one sorted. So I do hear, but I slightly challenge like that. There's no great single attributes. I think the combination of well, there isn't. Well, what is it? Yeah, his, I know, his I know, timing of runs and his finishing right away. I'll, I'll take you there. Right. His timing of right. runs and his finishing. Because okay. he often holds as a six and sometimes as an eight. If he was given free license, Rob, mm. there's 15 goals in Nilkai Gundu and all season long. Yeah. All season long. <laughs> He'd never think it. Yeah, I know, <laughs> but you'd just never think it, would you? Um, but anyway, just on the team, Rob. Yeah. Right? They're on the brink of winning it now. And, we, mm. and we'll, we'll, you know, we won't go too crazy right now about this. No. We'll... But, and I know it's only Everton and they're struggling and stuff, but. In terms of teams, Rob, we've had in the Premier League, right? And we've, we've played against a ton of them a little yeah. bit earlier on. We've watched them, of course, very closely over the last 10 years. Mm. I mean, do we have to... We have, we have got to start saying, is this the best team yeah. ever? Yeah. And I, I know, you know, I, I'm thinking that. I am looking at the league table and I'm thinking of, um, you know, well, Chelsea are awful. Liverpool have had a terrible year. Spurs yeah. are, you know, what they are right now. I mean, uh, the, lots of teams have fallen away. Yeah. But the, the, the dominance, Rob, they're going to get another 100 goals probably. The mm. points total is going to be 90 plus. I mean, wh- when do we have to... I mean, I know the Champions League is coming up and I know yeah. a lot of people, for them to, to, to be the best English team they've ever seen, they're going to have to win that. And I, and I, I got to agree with that, to be fair. But if they win the Champions League, Rob, and if they get this treble this year, yeah. could, 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 could have Invincibles, could have Fergie Man United, could have Mourinho Chelsea, mm. is... Are they that? I mean, I don't know. I'm starting to get to a point with the dominance in the Premier League with other teams over it's, recent it, it, seasons, it, maybe not this year, having strong teams. I mean, who's, who's been better? It, it's a good point, and I think what, what we what we have to do at this stage is start to credit them more on what they do, Rob. And I, I had a couple of stats in terms of, like you say, two of the three most 
points returns in Premier League history, Man City have got. I think it's four, three of the four most goals ever scored in the Premier League history Man City have got. Mm. And I think it's credit, it almost feels to me like we've got to give more credit for now. But most of the best in looking back always comes when Pep's gone and you've got the, the legacy of what the record is. It kind of feels you, you're in the moment now and it's harder to maybe have those kind of conversations or, or be more as definitive because it's still going and we don't know what else is, is, is coming out of here. But the one thing I, 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 Bex asked me today and I said to her about one of the things that, that I don't think has talked enough about is the mentality of, of, of Manchester City. I think we talk about the mentality of the teams who are trying to chase them or, or overhaul them, so the Liverpools, and they broke Liverpool. Liverpool almost had to have a season off to, to, to recharge and look like they're going to come again. They broke Arsenal, an Arsenal team that one time were purring and, and, and going on. They broke them in the end. I just never felt Arsenal were in the right place today after the, 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 the City win. They never showboat, Rob. They never look like... Never take a liberty in, in a moment of a game. You know, sometimes no. even, even back in the day when we were playing, sometimes at 3-0 up, I, I've, I've kind of thought, oh, somebody's coming, oh, I'll just stick it through his legs and go the other side and get it. And actually, I used to think, oh, that's not me, I'm not that player. But I never see a Manchester City player doing anything like that, Rob, that is for their benefit or for an individual thing. It's always about the team mm. and the group. And uh, I loved, I loved, the, I loved after the game. I just like coming out. I loved after the game when Jack Grealish was obviously Yerry Mina was trying to be Yerry Mina was trying to be Rudiger today and didn't do it that well. But he was trying to get under Holland's skin when he yeah. there. He was trying to get under Grealish's skin. And when the final whistle blown, there was obviously words between Mina and Grealish and words between Grealish and Decore. And I loved, mate, that Erling Holland got himself off the bench ran onto the pitch and stood next to Jack and put his arm as if to say, go on then, who's coming? Like his bodyguard, like he's taking care of one mm. of his own, Rob. And, and that is also something that's, mm. you know it, 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 what it's mm. like when, you, when your teammates have got your back. You just feel like you, 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 there's a strength that, that, that isn't going to break you. Mm. No, that's right. Uh, you know, uh, everything that you want from a team, they've got it, haven't they? And, 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 and like you said, the expectations and dealing with that, you know, from one season to the mm. next season, repeating and repeating and repeating. It's remarkable what they're doing. The only thing I would say, mate, and I don't want to put a downer on this, but I, I think it's, you know, I think there's a lot of fans out there, Rob, of different clubs that, that, that would be saying to the, to the, you know, us now, what about the charges? Yeah. What about the over yeah. 100 yeah. charges yeah. from the Premier League of mm. financial fair play irregularities? And, um, yep, the, the quicker that can be squashed, yeah. you know, the, 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 the oh. football club or, or whichever, you, however you say they've got to prove against them or they've got to yeah. prove their innocence, whatever, whichever way it is, the, the, the sooner that can be put to bed, then we can, we can, we can, we can switch off that little, because I have it. Yeah. I, I yeah, it's an, it's an asterisk, isn't it? It's an asterisk at the moment. Yeah. A little bit. Yeah. A little bit until it's until it's put until to bed. it's until dealt with, and yeah. And, but we we, we yeah. innocent and proven guilty in, in in many respects. We we've got to give them the praise that we can give them now. If we find out that right. things haven't right. been done right and, and and not, then likewise we'll we can take yeah. that praise back and we can reassess our, our thoughts. Yeah. But based on what we're seeing, based on what we know, and yeah. that nothing right else has been yeah. proven right now, mate, this is the best team yeah. we've ever seen in yeah. the Premier League. Yeah, I think so. I think so. I think we're there, and uh, 
you know, again, I think when it's confirmed, we'll, we'll go into a little bit more detail. But yeah. no, no, really too good today. Too good for Everton. Um, Everton will, of course, they'll look to fight in the last remaining games for them. Yeah. Uh, Wolves and Bournemouth, Rob. And Bournemouth away. Mm. Did you see the... Points, um, they need a win. Just you saw on the Dominic Calvert-Lewin. Now we're hearing... Do you think that was Sean Dyche at 2-0 down going... Don't see us getting anything out of this one. He's a little bit fragile. Yeah. I can rest him up for today and get him right for the next two games. No, my, my understanding, Rob, is, which I think is crazy, if that, my understanding, and, I, and again, my, son, my son's research more than I do, I think, <laughs> but they, my, youngest, my youngest said that he'd, he'd read somewhere that it's a, it's a, he had a tight groin. Apparently, it was a tight groin. I think he was seen stretching, Rob, just before he went off. Uh, before oh, half time, okay. so mm. I can't imagine that you are two nil. At two nil, you don't take off your best player at home. I don't care who it's against. I think it's one goal. So I, against I, City, be, where mm, uh, I, I don't know. I think I might differ. I think I might say to him, knowing how he is. Yeah, but listen, if he's got a tight groin, yeah. Given the situation, you're coming off. But mm. if he hasn't got a tight groin, yeah. right, and there's nothing wrong with him, yeah. are you okay with him coming off like that then? Because I wouldn't yeah. be. Um, I'm more okay if, if, if I've got him. If I know he's going to be fit or I can help him be fit for the two games against Wolves and Bournemouth that might decide on me staying off, yeah, I'm okay with it. I'm okay with, with, with taking him off. Because I, I wouldn't want him to go on a challenge, jump for a ball, or get himself injured in the second, in the second off in a game that we might not win and I don't get him for two games. That's just how I look at it. Yeah. I, I, I would, I would bet, bet back myself. Different if, if the game's in the balance or we think we get... This Man City, they're 2-0 up. We ain't even going to see the ball most of the time. And I don't want to... I just, I've got to wrap him in cotton wool because he can be a difference maker. Yeah, I, I just disagree. Mm. I disagree, Robert. If he's fit at half-time, if it goes to 3-0, I get it. If it's 3-0, you know, there's half an hour left. I get it at that point. But I, I wouldn't... I I I I'd want him out there for you know, but that's I guess we're different. We're different yeah. on that one because if I'm a fa fan there, Everton, it's two 0 Yeah, difficult and they're great, but crikey, we we've seen we've seen all sorts of teams, you know, can see goals and you're back in it and that Goodison Park gets flying. So not not a two 0 but you know, I think I think there's yeah, a, it's yeah, probably yeah, an injury like you say. Sean Dyke has done it to protect yeah. himself. Either way, yeah. they they're going to need Dominic Calvert Lewin fit and firing in those last couple of games if they're going to get. The results. Yeah, they got to win one of them, Robert. They? Yeah, they got to win one to get the thirty-five yeah. points. Got yeah. to win one of those two games. Absolutely. Have you ever brought your magic to Walt Disney World? Like, hey, we came to play. Did you tip your tiara to a Creole princess or get goofy officially? When we come through, it's true magic. Cause we came to play at Walt Disney World Resort. The longest field goal ever attempted is seventy-six yards. The longest field goal ever missed. Also, 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. Hear that? It's the call of the Crave. And when the Crave calls, you know what to do. Try the $5 Bacon Bundle, because the only thing better than a White Castle slider is a White Castle slider topped with crispy hickory-smoked bacon. So pick any two of either the Bacon Cheese Slider, 1921 Bacon Cheese Slider, or Chicken Bacon Ranch Slider, and also get a small fry for just $5 with the $5 Bacon Bundle. 
White Castle, follow your crave. Um, so let's talk about the consequences of the um, result for Manchester City, Selena at Goodison Park. So we went to the later kickoff today. Yeah, Mutz was full. It was buzzing. It was expecting. Arsenal were hosting a Brighton team that had just been well turned over by Everton, a 5-1 result that nobody saw coming against an Arsenal team that put in a really good performance and that we both talked of against Newcastle United. So mm. I think there was hope mm. and anticipation mm. and, and, and ambition that Arsenal could win out from here on into the rest of the season, Rob. Take themselves to 90 points, push City as far as they can, and if City go on and, and win it, then, you know, well played. That wasn't the case. And um, I don't know if you heard Mikel Arteta after the game was, was quite scathing, actually, in yeah, the second half. What did he say, I didn't hear him. So, he said in the first what, what half, they gave us problems with the way they played, their build-up, obviously going long at times over the press. Um, they gave us problems. He also talked about their game management. They never allowed Arsenal to get in the rhythm. But actually, second half, he, he just said that wasn't good enough for us and that, that's unacceptable and I apologise to the fans and that my players know that. Um, so, yeah, quite strong and quite brutal to, to the point, Rob. Um where he just didn't feel he, his team certainly turned up in the second half when, when questions were being asked. OK, so I've got a lot to say about this, Rob. Hmm. Obviously, it's an incredible game of football. Yeah. Incredible game of football. I want to start with a couple of things. I want to start again by disagreeing with you about something here. Yeah. And, it's, it's, uh, I, and I think, I think uh, on the air, again, of course, I watched the show today. Yeah. Um, and the, the bit about because Man City won earlier that affected Arsenal going into the game. I, 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 I can't... I just don't think that's got to be the case, Rob. G given that, that Man City have been like that for the last 10 games and they came back against Newcastle, they get in there and they... I, don't, I just don't think... I don't think that's... I don't think there's anything in them... Oh, they won this morning. Oh, we're not going to play today. No, so I just... That's I just, not the point. I just, that you, wasn't you, the so, point. So I said what, there was a what, tension, well, on, I thought. So you, I thought there was a tent. There was a there was a lack of freedom to Arsenal, and I'm, I'm, I'm comparing like for like against a Newcastle team that can cause you problems. There was a lack of freedom about their movement, about their passing, and I got this. And I'm saying, technically, it was some because of some of the technicalities in the way that the game played out, and it was a high, sort of high caliber game in terms of, of tactics, and, and, and almost like a chess game. But I also thought there was a lack of freedom mm. about about Arsenal. They didn't look themselves. And, I, and, and so when, when Bex asked, I said, now whether that's a consequence of seeing what City done mm. and, 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 and not putting you in the a, in a, in a right frame of mind, I don't know. And I'm not saying it was or wasn't, mm. but I'm saying there was a tension. There was, there was something that was more rigid about Arsenal today than there was last week against Newcastle. Mm. I'll, I'll tell you what, Rob, moving on to the game. Um, mm. And it's interesting you, you bring up a, an Arteta quote there from afterwards. I'm going to, you know, most people who listen to this or watch this show have watched the game. Mm. And we'll get on to Brighton's brilliance in the yeah. game a little later. I'll, I'll cut, again, I think we should just cut to the chase here. And my, my question is, Rob, and, and I think you'll agree that I've been very pro-Arsenal, very mm. pro-Mikel Arteta this mm. season, what they've done. And, and that remains in... in, in of course, that remains given what they're doing and where they are. They're going to finish yeah. second place in the, in the Premier League table, which mm. is astonishing from last year. All, I'm going to say this. We watched together in the studio, Arsenal struggle against Manchester City mm. with the way that they played. 
and it yeah. wasn't anything super complicated. De Bruyne played in behind Ireland, but the ball went a little bit further forward. Mm. They controlled things a little bit further back. Um, Arteta didn't deal with that, or I don't say know how to deal with it, but he didn't influence that game. Mm. I'm saying the same, seeing the same thing today, Rob. Brighton play the way that they play. Mm. Arsenal Football Club and, and Mikel Arteta should be absolutely well aware of the way that they play, build up, they play yeah. out. It's an incredible way of playing mm. that we don't see too much. The closest really is, is Marcelo Bielsa in yeah. terms of the way that they do things a little bit. Another game where Mikel Arteta couldn't do anything, it seemed, to stop the flow, to change the flow, to change the rigid nature, Rob, the, 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 the rigid nature mm. of Arsenal. It was given, it was there because of the way that Brighton played. They played out from the back. They pressed like man-to-man. And when a game is going against you, this is Brighton, and I know they've been a brilliant... They're at Arsenal. Arsenal going for the title. Would you expect your manager to do something tactically? Tactically, or, or if it needs to be off the bench. I know they haven't got a ton of great players on the bench. I know the depth of the squad is, is hurting yeah. Arsenal a little bit. Yeah. But I, I was personally a little disappointed that Mikel Arteta couldn't just go, you know what? That's the, you know, change that, bring a guy into midfield. No, I, you know, I, I can't tell you right now what it could have been, but yeah, he's, yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah. he's, he's right here tactically, I understand. And yet he didn't have something to change the flow, the flow of Brighton having the ball, Arsenal chasing it. And I know what it's like to, to press a, a good team that yeah. possesses well. And Arsenal yeah. got tired of pressing and pressing because Brighton yeah. say, okay, Keep coming, because yeah. we're going to do it again. Goalkeepers, centre-backs, full-backs pushed on, midfield players. I mean, it's incredible the way they, they play. But So so, do, would you have expected a top manager, Robert, a club like Marcel going for the title, to, 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 to do something which changes the control of the game? It's a really interesting point. Um, and as you were talking, it was giving me, I'm, I'm pleased, it was giving me the time to formulate my response, because... Mm. My response is slightly, slightly different from yours in that I would say Mikel Arteta has a such an overriding belief in the way that Arsenal play that he's a bit like, this is us, and that's them, and we'll play. And he did that against City. Now, it's interesting, because yeah. as you were talking, I was thinking, his, his sort of apprenticeship at City is, is very much like, Pep, you know, you know, Pep plays how they play and he doesn't worry too much about the opposition. And I'm wondering if that's part of yeah. what he's taken on. Like, yeah. if, 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 if he changes Rob and they don't win, does he lose a bit of the confidence of the players or the players think, oh, well, that system that we got... I don't know. He feels it, to me, it feels like he's wedded to a system. And today, De Zerbi ball beat Arteta ball, hands down. And, and you're yep. right, there was no change. But I, I think that's because... And, and I, again... Maybe one of the things of this season for Arsenal Football Club, for Mikel Arteta and the players, is learning. And maybe it's a learning for Arteta, Rob, that on the days when his football doesn't start and they, and, and they have problems, what are we going to do? What, what, what else can we do? Because today they continue to try and do the same things for the whole period of the oh, game. Yeah. yeah. I, I know, Rob. And it's like, you know, just thinking again there, like, put another player forward. Play mm. another player forward, mm. right? Play another player forward so... Even if it goes back to the goalkeeper, you're kind of ready to press. Now, Brighton, as great as they are, yeah. if there's almost man-to-man in that area, mm. they've got to hit it long. Yeah. And if you're Arsenal and you're a centre-back, you're on the front foot, you're ready for yeah. that ball, and you pin them in. Mm. You pin them in. Like, 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 like we've seen City do with so many yeah, teams yeah. where they try and play out. Mm. I mean, Brighton, 
they're, they're either going to they're either going to gift you the ball when you press yeah. them, or they're going to hit it long. Yeah. And when they hit it long, you've got to be ready for it. But there wasn't that. And Brighton could find their way through every time. Not every time, but they did yeah. make some mistakes back there. But for the most part, anyway, I'm just, I'm just trying to think of something quick that they could have done to try and change the flow of the game. It's yeah. stunning, stunning what Brighton are doing, Rob. I don't, I don't know whether you want to jump onto them right now. Before yeah, we, talk we, we should do because we, we, we've them. given Arsenal, I mean, you know, we've had a look at Arsenal I mean, and, and, and this, this guy, yeah. this team, mate, it's, it's, it's so different. It's so high level from, from what we're seeing. It, it, it's kind of incredible. The, the confidence he gets young uh, Colwell at, at centre back Rob playing out when he has to knocks a couple of beautiful yeah. balls over the top they can they can draw you in so that you, they, they're almost almost like coaxing you in to create that space in the middle area where they can either get the fullbacks in or they can get the midfield players in get turned get on you I just felt that that Arsenal didn't have all the tools today to de- to, to deal with it. Yeah, and, and just to finish up on Arsenal, Arsenal couldn't find rhythm in the game no. because Brighton had the ball. They had the ball nearly all the time. Watching the first half, I'm like, under the fans, they want Arsenal to get on the ball and, and build a head of steam yeah. and find their passes and find their game. Brighton had the ball all the time. Mm. Brighton had the ball. I think they had 30% possession Arsenal in yeah, the first half. And it's tiring to chase the ball. But anyway, back on to, to Brighton. I, I, I'll start with this, Rob, that, that my particular love of the game comes from the beautiful game side of it. I, I absolutely adore, and why I love the game and I watch the game and appreciate the game is when teams play that football that's, that's intricate, that's technical, that's tactical. That's the, and, 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 and sometimes people call me and people like me football snobs. Mm-hmm. You know, the, mm-hmm. uh, the, you, you like the, 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 the teams with the money, got the best players, they play the great football. Yeah, that, that's all very well and good. But this is Brighton. This is Brighton. And I love Brighton playing this way as much as Man City playing this way or Arsenal in the past with Bergkamp and, and, and uh, Vieira and Blimentieri Henri. Yeah. I love this. This game was like, and this is nothing against Arsenal. And I tweeted out something that this is incredible from Brighton. And it's not anti-Arsenal. It's just good football, appreciating good football. And from a club that hasn't got the money that should be able to compete with Arsenal, the budget difference is insane. Yet you've got a bunch of players recruited in a yeah. particular way. The, and, and a manager recruited in the same way for the same style and it ends up that you outplay Arsenal mm. an Arsenal team that's had a brilliant season that challenged him for the, for the title with like three weeks left two weeks left or whatever and you play them off the park with your football with your technicality with your tactical bravery I just I, I just couldn't get enough of it um, I I I, I, I'll cut to my underappreciated, Rob, and I got to bear with me. I've got to explain this a little bit. <laughs> the underappreciated performer for Brighton is the chairman, Tony Bloom. And I'll try and be really quick on why it is. Tony Bloom is a professional sports statistician, software developer, database manager, algorithm creator. Oh, he's, his, he's, got, his he's got a big business card, hasn't he? He's got a big business card. His <laughs> analytical nature of the game in terms of gambling has won mm. him a ton of money because his analytics have been so incredible that he knows the result of games a lot of the times. He bets on them. He's won a ton of money to the point that bookmakers around the world go to Tony Bloom's company to set the odds in games. So instead of taking money from gambling, of com- uh, gambling companies, they pay him now to set the odds. So they've, they've realized that he's, he's, he's hacked the system. Yeah. 
Anyway, the same supercomputer he uses for recruitment and married that with areas that they specifically search for, which is like Paraguay, Ecuador, Chile, mm. countries that the big boys don't go for. You're seeing the, the excellence in recruitment that's come from Tony Bloom's business, speciality, smarts, algorithms, database. That's how they do things. I was lucky to have a meeting with Paul Barber, the, the CEO of the football club, and he kind of explained it, that they've got a plan for 25 of the best positions in the club. And I apologize if, if people have heard me say this before, but the 25 most important people in this football club, from the, from the chief executive to the director of football to the physio to the, to the best 20 players, they've got a succession plan with four or five names under each position. So without Tony Bloom, mm. this Brighton is nowhere near this. This is the best Brighton team of all time. Yeah. And it's because of Tony Bloom, the owner slash chairman. And that's why he probably is underappreciated. Hopefully people understand why now that yeah. the, the, the Billy Bean, the data driven, mm. he's got an incredible data set. Every professional game that a player plays, he knows about. And the algorithms, the weightings on performances and when, when he played, they won against this team. It was these 11 players, their weighted performances, that it, it's off the charts. So he, he knows how to recruit and he can go through the team today. The young players that they've got in CISO scores the first yeah. goal, this 19-year-old from Paraguay, I think it is. They've, they've got Alexis McAllister from Argentina. They've got Moises Caicedo, Ecuadorian player. They go to these markets and pick up these gems. I, I, I text the, the poor barber after Rob. I say, congratulations, that was an incredible performance. Your phone's going to be red hot this summer. Mm. Now, whether it's for the players, whether it's for the, for the manager, his phone's going to be red hot. And it's down to the owner doing incredible recruitment work. Got to love it. Tony Bloom, Mr. Musto. Um, I'm sure people will be Googling and doing a bit of research and finding out. But, yeah, he's, he's the man who sits at the top of the organization and, and makes sure it all works. And, and it's incredible, incredible what they're doing, how they're doing it with the manager, with these young players that they're, they're bringing in, and not for any big uh, sums of money. And, and listen, if they wanted to, Rob, they could sell four or five players and raise two, three hundred million dollars like that. Of course. Um, but that's not necessarily the way they want to do it. And with Deserby, Rob, with, that, with, with him in charge, ambitions can be, oh, can be higher. Well, things, things can get better. I mean, this is be a there, very Rob, special he? manager. He ain't going to be there, is he? Well, he's not going to be there, is he? Well, well, he can't see. be there. Well, well, let's see. I mean, I, I don't think he's got to be in a rush, Rob. I think he can build up his, his body of work. I think he can improve these players, go to the next level, maybe try and break into some Champions League, a big at Europa this year, which will be the first time in Europe. And... And, and see, but now, I mean, he's destined, you, you would feel at some point, he's destined for a big club, either if not in the Premier League of other leagues around the world, mate. He's, um, he's, he's a very special. Um, the, did you see the, did you see the, um, sorry, Rob, did you see the, there was a report this week that Daniel Levy's has been in touch with Brighton. Uh, now, also this week, Julian Nagelsmann. Yeah. The German manager apparently they then Spurs aren't pursuing, pursuing him, that and there was a yeah. report that they've contacted Brighton. So you know, I, I think I think I mean some people out there might say it's too early, and this is yeah. the first season in the Premier League, and he had a good squad of players that the that Tony Bloom mm. and uh, Paul Barber and everybody else has brought to the club. I I, I understand that as an argument. It's a bit too yeah. soon. Um, I would just love to see him. At a, at a well, it, it, Spurs is a difficult situation right now. He might need a little bit of recruiting expertise to bring in some of his type of players but you know I, I just I think there's gonna be people that wants him in in this summer and we know that Brighton will be ready for that there'll probably be a clause in his contract and they'll have somebody else lined up and just before we move on mate I just uh, 
quick mention to the summer series because if you want to watch Brighton, Deserby, and, and a lot of those players, mm-hmm. they'll be out here this summer on July the 22nd to July the 30th out on the East Coast. All the information is available on www.premierleague.com forward slash summer series and get information about the tournament, about the teams and tickets. So, uh, yeah, if you want a chance to see Brighton live and exclusive in USA uh, in the summer, uh, go along to uh, premierleague.com forward slash summer series. Before we move on, mate, let, let's talk about what could happen at this point next mm. week. Manchester mm. City could be... Mm title champions and, and, and that depends on an Arsenal loss at Nottingham Forest next week or an Arsenal draw at Nottingham Forest next Saturday and then a win or draw versus Chelsea next Sunday for, for Manchester City or win versus Chelsea would be enough to lift yeah. uh, so it, it basically if Arsenal were to lose at Forest Manchester City are crowned Just champions without having, to, without having to, to kick a ball Yeah, that's where we are that's what yeah. today kind of so. culminated in yeah I hope that's not the case, Rob. Mm. You know, I, I think it will be done uh, on Sunday. Of course, Man City hosting Chelsea. Um, they win that. No matter what happens in the yeah. other game, they win a title. I, let's hope it's... Le- yeah, I, You want to be one, one yeah. on the field. Yeah. Yeah, on the field. That's when you get the best scenes and the, and the best atmosphere and the best kind of feeling about it. But I think it will be next year. And, and I said, wrongly said last week, that I thought Arsenal's title chase was going to come to an end. Uh, at St. James's Park, Newcastle, I was wrong. Um, but it looks like now it pretty much has, and I think yeah. it'll be confirmed next weekend. And, and then we'll get into it. You know, we'll obviously react to that next mm-hmm. weekend and, and talk a little bit more about City. But it was a, a fascinating couple of days in the Premier League for the top of the title. Oh. Um, I just didn't yeah. see this, Rob. I no. didn't see this coming with Arsenal losing at home to Brighton. No. So. Um, badly beaten that. Well, easily beaten in, in the end. It, it was almost to the point, yeah. Bob, as, as I was watching the game, yeah. you, you, and I was watching the game thinking, Brighton look like a team who are challenging for the top spot, and they also look a bit like a team who are around Europa League football style. That's how good Brighton do you think that's the perfor- Do you think that's the performance of the season, Rob? Is that is that the best performance of this it, it's season? It's right up there. Can, can, concern, it's got to be when up you, there, When yeah. you think, when you consider... The occasion, what was at stake, you know, the results of teams coming mm. in, you know, what had happened earlier in the day and, and everything else. Mm. I mean, that, that was high, high, high-end, technical, mm. classic Premier League football. And, um, yeah, mm. uh, again, Arsenal fans were, were sort of leaving the stadium a little bit early. I think they, they recognised that, you know, their season's gone. And I just hope, and I said it in the show, that you know, the last game's at, at home to Wolves. And I hope... They get a full house. I hope they get the reception and, and the celebration of what has been a brilliant season for them and recognition yes. that there's still work mm. to do, mate. Still people have to come in the yeah. door. Yeah. Everybody's going to be better for this experience. You know, get a summer, get refreshed yeah. and get ready to come back again. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They need some, they need some new players in, in the market. Yeah. Um, and again, we'll react to it, Rob, when it was confirmed next mm. weekend. But you know how I feel about Arsenal. It's been a brilliant season. They've, they've proved so many people wrong from the yeah. start of the season and yet they've also proved that there's still work to do they're not mm. quite ready to compete with a team that's just yeah. won I think it's 11 now 11 Premier League I mean it's just they're, they're an incredible side and, and I just think as long as Pep is at that club it's going to be so hard for anybody else um, to compete with them at the top yeah. so yeah good stuff have you ever brought your magic to Walt Disney World like, hey, we came to play? Did you tip your tiara to a Creole princess or get goofy officially? When we come through, it's true magic. Because we came to play at Walt Disney World Resort. 
The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Let's move it to Alan Lode, my friend, because this was the first kickoff of, uh, of the weekend. Um, Big Sam, I've, I've been said he's as good as any manager in the league and lost 2-1 to Manchester City, but was facing Eddie Howe, a Newcastle team that he, he has managed, one of many that Sam's managed in, in the Premier League. Um, we, we were interested in seeing what a week's work would look like under Sam, how the team might be a little bit different under Sam. Um, he managed to get Rodrigo and, and Bamford in, in the team. I thought was quite interesting. He, he bolstered the midfield. Yeah. Robin Cock is a uh, defensive midfield player yeah. in front, front of a back four. And Robles was in goal again. Um, and to be honest, mate, I thought they started the game uh, fiery. I thought they were committed. The challenges were going in. They were winning 50-50s and knockdowns. I thought they sent a real great tempo and got themselves mm. the goal, Rob, that, mm. you know, Sam celebrates, Ellen Rose mm. celebrates, and, and it was takeoff for, for, you know, couldn't have, been a, mm. couldn't have wished it any better. No, that's right. I mean, first off, there's no question that Sam Allardyce has re-energised Leeds yeah. United, re-energised the dressing room, re-energised the, the fans um, with the staff that he's brought with him. Robbie Keane and um, Robinson, Carl Robinson's Robinson, in it. Yeah. They, they, you, can, you can see them working mm. and around the players. It, it has re-energised the football club. And also, Rob was watching the game as well. And it's just not, it's not, it's not uh, like Sam has, has, has really pulled them back, by the way. It's not as though they're parking a bus. No, Obviously, no. there's more defensive no. focus. There's no. changes that he's made. He changed the goalkeeper. He's changed Robin Cock into midfield and a few other changes he's made. But but there's still leads. They still they still get forward. Yeah. They still get in the box. I, if I was on the show, Robin, my 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 first reaction afterwards would have been, they they, they should have won the game. They should yeah. have won the game. They made two errors. He talked about you, you that. Yeah. Two penalties away like yeah, that. Yeah, he talked about that. Yeah, and then you and then you miss a penalty. There's mm. two. I mean, another day, they could have won that. Newcastle yeah. rattled. Newcastle yeah. didn't bring their best stuff, and yet they got help with some some. And I guess this is the reason why. They're down there because yeah. players make poor decisions. And, and Big Sam said afterwards, I've told my players to stay on their feet, stay on their feet. And, yeah. and Max Verber didn't stay on his feet. So a couple of mistakes for, for penalties. Patrick Bamford, who struggled, he struggled all year, yeah. really, with trying to find his best Bamford. stuff, misses yeah. the penalty, which would have, it, would have made it 2-0. And it ends up being a draw on a point that could have been Rob so much mm. better. Absolutely, yeah. And, and you, you, you're you seeing the benefits of his work. And, and it, it, it got me thinking, of it was yesterday after I went home after the game, and I thought, you're right, you know, Leeds, I think there's a belief around Leeds now from the fan base, from, from the players, from the football club, that they got a chance, Rob. And if they can get to Spurs needing to maybe win or needing to get somewhere, you kind of feel like they got a chance. Spurs mm. look like they're limping towards the end. 
And it, it got me thinking, yeah. really, and, and, I, and I listened to the Sam interview after the game, and he said exactly as, as you, you, you've talked about, going to ground, bad challenges, we don't need to do it. He said, I've yeah. told the boys and that, that somebody's going to get a telling off this week, and, you, you know, he puts it in his own way. And it got me thinking about yeah. Sam, really, and, and, and sometimes, Rob, that, that he sometimes gets a bit of a hard rap from people, you know, because of the way he is and the old school and, you know, park in the bus kind of thing, because it, it wasn't that. And I was looking at the team and I was looking at the improvement. I was looking at, he, he makes some yeah. interesting, you know, Robin Cock in the middle of the, of the, of the, of the uh, centre-back, uh, midfield. Yeah. You know, better. interesting, like better, yeah. you know, reads danger, maybe not great on the back line, but much better in front mm. and knows where mm. things are coming, et cetera, et cetera. But the, the point I, I, I want to get to is it, his line last week was a throwaway, and we know why he's done it and all that stuff. You know, I'm as good as anyone, Pep, and that. And I thought to myself, we know what Pep does, and we've seen Deserbies, and we've seen people like at the top end, and, and you go, that's brilliant. And as you would say, like, if you're a football snob, that's what you love. But, the, but there's something in what Sam Allardyce can go to a football club and do, Rob. He's been in the, in the building last seven days, I think. And he's turned and changed a mm. set of players that mm. I would question whether Pep could do the same. Could Pep go in there? I'm no, and I know if we were boots on the foot, Sam could play maybe a bit better football, but he couldn't play the football that Pep's playing with the City players. Well, could mm. Pep go into Leeds and fix all those problems? And, and with the way Pep wants to play in our possession, when you've got players who probably can't keep the ball as well and all, you know, make bad decisions and go to ground and all that. And I kind of thought... We should we should be we should be thankful that we got fr- uh, people like Sam around, and there's still a place for people like Sam in our game. And he, as you said, mm. Ellen Mode was en- re-energized when a few weeks ago it looked done and dusted. And and I just yeah. think that, you know yeah. he deserves a little bit of credit. Yeah, well, what he is, Rob, he's a specialist, you know, mm. and he might not thank me for saying that, and he might not, and, and that might be un- uh, might be not doing him a fair amount of, of, of um, justice, Rob, because yeah. he's, he's more than that. But he has become a specialist mm. at improving teams defensively to, to scrape some points together to, 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 to improve. Yeah. And he's improved multiple four or five teams. Um, West Brom was a difficult one during COVID. Mm. He explained that. He couldn't get the yeah. same kind of dynamic going. But that's what he does. And he's a specialist. And I tell you what, the way the Premier League is going... There might be a few other managers that might try and yeah. emulate that because yeah. he's going to be, they're going to be in work a long time. Mm. We've seen the, the desperate nature of the Premier League now. It's getting more desperate every single season. Yeah. And, and, and clubs are looking for guarantees. They're looking for... And I'm telling you right now, Sam will work next year. He'll work mm. next year. Even if, if Leeds United go down, it'll be the first or second phone call from these clubs that are sh- towards the bottom yeah. and they want, to, they, want to, they want to find a way out of it. There's a really strong argument, and Sam said it himself, that uh, Radrazzini, the, um, the owner yeah. of Leeds United, whether it's Victor Orta that persuaded him to go for Javi Gracia mm. instead of Sam Allardyce, that was a critical mistake yeah. that the, the football club owner made. You know, because if Big Sam was there months ago when, when Gracia came in, yeah. I think we're seeing something different now. But that's history and that can't mm. be changed right no, now. But I think you make a good are. point. And I would say he, 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 he's blimming good because he's mm. been there so many times before. I recognise the signs here of teams that can see goals and get relegated, and I know what to do to stop it. Yeah. And I think, you know, you're right, they've improved in, in the space of a week. But they're still, they're still alive and kicking. The way, they, yeah. the way they played, they could have beaten Newcastle. They put mm. Newcastle off their game. They were ruffled. They couldn't get their, their football going, their rhythm going. Bamford misses a penalty. The penalty is a big Callum miss, Wilson, yeah. 
and ruthless Wilson scores. Bye. But in the end, yeah. Robbie, it might be a good but point a good for game. both teams. I think, you know, obviously Newcastle's yes, kind of top point. four and a good, a good point for Leeds. Somebody's going to stay up by the yeah. odd point. That might be one for, for Leeds. Yep. Uh, let's move to Old Trafford. Manchester United uh, playing Wolves. Manchester United coming off back-to-back defeat for this time under 10 Hogs. So, a little bit of it um, under the microscope in terms of, you know, trying to establish that top four spot. We know Liverpool are in good form, six straight wins and play against Leicester tomorrow. So, there was a bit of pressure on United to, to get the job done. Uh, they did in the end. Uh, Martial and Ganacho get, get the goals. I didn't, I wasn't. Keeping too much of an eye on this one, Stephen Warnock was. I don't know how much you saw this, Rob, but... Yeah, um, yeah. It's one of those in that window, wasn't it? All clean sheet yeah. was important. I think De Gea's now at least a uh, joint Golden Gloves winner with, with the clean sheet. A couple of goals, Martial scoring. Um, Anthony, who played him in, and, and, and Martial scores. Uh, so they get the goals. Again, I didn't see much more than the game, but I think we're at the stage with United where it, it's about the results. It's about getting top four football. Um, and, and moving this club in, in, in the right direction. Mm. Yeah, it was a incredibly important victory, Rob. Mm. I mean, again, you know, lots of games going on in this window. I yeah. got a good look at the game, and it's an incredibly important victory. It gives them a little bit of breathing space now. Liverpool obviously on fire, winning yeah. every single game. United are kind of limping a little bit. I still got so the, f- the few talking points I thought out of the game, Rob, is is Anthony. Yeah, and again, sat with my boys watching it, mm. and they're frustrated at Anthony and his consistency. Yeah, and but there's but but and I get that, but there's good bits too. There's good bits too. Yeah, and I think there has been an improvement in Anthony this through this season. I'm not ready to say that he's never going to be a star player at Manchester United. I think there there are signs. Yeah, he's got improvements to make, but he does really well for the assist for Martial in the first goal. Does really really well there. Um, and there's, there's frustrating parts, of course, but he's a young player. So I, I thought he was an interesting storyline in terms of how he played. I thought the other one f- uh, for Man United, Robin, it's nothing that we haven't said or seen before. They still look vulnerable defensively. Yeah. And what, Varane was back, was wasn't he? Which was interesting. Varane was back in the team. Varane was back, but, but I still don't think they team defend very well. Mm. And they just look a little vulnerable. Wolves can play some stuff. They got through a few times. You know, whenever, whenever they attacked, I'm looking at United and they're spread out. And there's like two or three that are, that are, that are out of the game defensively because they can't yeah. affect it. They're too far away. So it's something that, you know, I think I've said it multiple times. Really enjoy United on the ball. Yeah. Really enjoy yeah. the, the way that they play, the philosophy that they play with. So many people getting forward. They're creative. They score goals. Mm. It's, it's really, really good. But vulnerably, uh, defensively, a, a little vulnerable again. But who cares? At this point yeah. in the season, yeah. who cares? They've got to finish in the top mm. four. The manager said that. And what have they got now? They've got a four-point gap to Liverpool. Same games played. Now, of course, Liverpool play um, tomorrow. Yeah. Um, so, I just... The main the main story here, Rob, is that United need the three points uh, badly. And they and they got it. They got them. Let's move to Stamford Bridge, mate. Always a story. Uh, always something going on at, at, at the bridge. Uh, Chelsea hosted mm. Nottingham Forest. Forest went back to the system that we saw against Liverpool. Three at the back. Two wing-backs, no Brennan Johnson up front. He had Awani with uh, Danilo and Gibbs-White un- underneath. Um, Yates and Mangola in the middle of the park and Aurier and Lodi in, in, in the foot wing-back position. So, again, well set up. A lot of things we talked about with Steve Cooper, good things, the organisation. I think people understand their role and their positions in the team. Um, went there, obviously, to, to make sure that Chelsea didn't um, have too much possession, have too much control. 
They funneled Chelsea into the middle of the pitch where they, where they were strong um, and got themselves 1-0 up through Awane, who's starting to look much more of a, a Premier League player, mm. Rob. I must admit, when we first saw him, looked a bit rough and, and, and didn't, I think, have the understanding mm. of his role mm. in the team, but much more defined mm. now and, and, and gives them a focal point. And they score with a loaded cross, a, a, um, a Awane header, past an Edward Mendy my friend, who was in goal for the first time since before yeah. the World Cup for Chelsea, which was an interesting choice, and I'll give you my uh, thoughts on that after. But having got 1-0 up, Forrest, I'm sure Steve Cooper will be a little bit disappointed that um, they allowed Chelsea back into the game. Mm. Yeah, so I didn't see, I didn't have a good look at this one, Rob, mm. is in that window. Um, I did see the goals, though, of course, and uh, Tyro Awane, I mean, there's so many players there. Owen, is, I think, has always been the preferred choice of Steve Cooper. Yeah. We've talked about how he's, he's kind of narrowed it into a, a very much a close start in 11, which I think he needed to do. Mm-hmm. And also, by the way, the, the amount of injuries that they've had, Forrest, yeah. I mean, they, they needed the 30-odd players that they've got <laughs> because they had, they had, like, at one point, they had at least yeah. 11 players injured. Um, so they continue to fight. I, I like the big striker. I mean, mm. I mean, who doesn't love a striker, Rob, that, that when you really need him at the end of the season, yeah, steps up the goals and, and, bra- and a brave header for the first one. Um, what well, give me give me a more sense of Chelsea, Rob? Because again, I can't. Okay, I can't so look at it Chelsea, Chelsea was set up. Other game. So, so uh, team selection was, was interesting. Fair Obviously, the, front, there's right? a few injuries and whatever. But yeah, Mendy came mm. in for Kepa, which was his say first start since before the World Cup. Okay. Um, mm. We've got Chalaber and and and, and uh, Lewis Hall in, in the fullback positions. Uh, Buddy Shield and 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 Is that all they've got? Is that all they've got for fullbacks? Right? It, it looked, yeah, no, no, there was no James, no Chilwell, no Kukurea. Aspilicueta uh, was on the bench, I believe. Um, right. And then it was Enzo, Kovacic, Gallagher as a three, and then Maduaku on the left hand side, Sterling on uh, Maduaku on the right hand side, Sterling on the left hand uh, side, and Felix up front. Felix up front. Uh, Felix okay. up front. Doesn't really work for me. He comes so deep. Rob, there were times he was coming off the centre, going up towards his own centre backs to get the ball. Wow. He's a playmaker. He wants to get on the ball and be involved in build up. He's not a centre forward, so that became a problem. Um, a little disjointed Chelsea at times. You know they pass without really a, with any aim of where they're going to. What's the end product going to be? Which is, continues to be the same story. I wondered, Rob, and, and again. Um, Bex talked about the team and, and we, the news was breaking about Pochettino coming in, and which has been confirmed now by Dave, broken by David Ornstein, our Premier League insider. That, mm. you know, we're getting get to papers, um, signings of, of Pochettino and it should be announced sometime mm. early this week. And when I saw the, the, the team sheet, I said to Bex, I wouldn't be surprised if Pochettino's had a little influence on this because I think between now and the end of the season, although he's not going to officially take the role and, and be at the club, I wonder if he's, he might say a Frank Let's chuck in mm. Mendy this week. Let me, let, let me, let me find out about him. Let, let's mm. put in Louis Hall. Is yeah, he going to be good enough yeah. or do we need to get him out on loan? Let's have a look at Conor Gallagher. Has he got the legs and the ability to be a mid? I just get the sense that some things might be happening behind the scenes at Chelsea and, and that Frank's the front of house, mm. but Poch might be starting to get things worked out. He's got, it, he's, he's got so much to do, Rob, the day he goes into the football club. Mm. Anything that he can do between mm. now and the end of the season has got to be a bonus. Yeah, I mean, I mean, we, I, I think it's an interesting shout. Yeah, and I think that's a really that would be smart of the club as long as Frank Lampard's okay mm. with it, Rob. I mean, it's, yeah. it's still Frank Lampard's managerial reputation here that they're 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 dealing with. If they're gonna if they're gonna 
make changes on behalf of the new manager. So I, I, I know what you say. I still, I still think that Frank Lampard would have to absolutely agree with those to say, well, I don't, you know, you know what I mean. It's um, what, what about what about Pochettino, Rob, taking over, like like immediately. I know there's not much left now, a couple yeah, of weeks left. Yeah. But but is there benefit in that, or is it just too? It's literally too late now. Like um, no, so it's no interesting again, you know, by, think, by standing on the sideline. Yeah, I think I think Steve Warnock and I maybe had a slightly different in view. I, I would, I think I would like him in the building. I don't think he has to be front of valves and I think I just like him in the building, Rob. I just feel that this football club needs some accountability, some football leadership on the on mm. the on the football side of things. It needs mm. to start a, a new direction. Yeah, new direction. You start putting together your culture and, and building what you want and how things are going to happen. And, 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 and there's just so many little things that he can be doing that you, you and I both know that you can train when your manager's not, not on the training ground. He's in the office. He might be having a meeting or something. And training's okay, and it's 70% and 75% in training. The moment the manager mm. comes out of that meeting and walks on that training ground, Rob, it goes up 20% because the boss is here. Yeah. And yeah. I think Chelsea need the bosses here. Mm. Mm. Yeah, yeah, and a, and a new sense of urgency. Yeah, a new beginning. Yeah, but yeah, I don't know. I just, it's really hard to know yeah. how they're going to do it. What's happening now? Whether he has having influence or whether he's not. Mm. One thing's for sure: Pochettino's got to be all over that football team. Huh. And, and when he signs that paper, he's got to be all over that club. Whether huh. we see him on the sideline or not, he's yeah. got to be all over that club, finding out everything that he can looking at tons of games from this season, lots of performances, sitting down with directors of football now, and there's a few of them, I believe, yeah. uh, at the yeah, club to try and figure out what yeah. the strategy is going to yeah. be. But, but, but it's in my understanding, every club that, that I know the details of, the director of football and the head coach, mm. they work together. It, it, you know, they work together in terms of, listen, I, I feel like we need a left-back and a centre-midfield player. And the director of football, okay, well, what about this person? This person, will I like him? Okay, yeah. we'll take a look at him. So I think it does work together. So the sooner Pochettino can be making suggestions to the directors of football at the club and ahead of recruitment there, then progress can start to be made and, and things, mistakes can be corrected, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. So, my, yeah, my, looks like my only Pochettino. closing on... And by on... the way... Well, mate, yeah. Oh. No, I was just going to say, good choice. Pochettino, yeah, have, I mean, it's a good choice for choice. the club right now. Brilliant choice. But he's got to be given a bit of time, Rob. Mm. The, the, this club's in a mess. You know, you talk about yeah. Forrest and, and, and uh, Chelsea. They've both got half a million players in each dressing room. I mean, there's so many players. In the two must be mm. two biggest squads in the league. And he's got to be given a bit of time to deal with the things he needs to do and maybe do a couple of windows where he's going to wheel and deal and some are going to go out and some are going to go in. And mm. Before the project mm. really gets going how he'd like, there's some cleaning of, 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 the, biz, of the business to do. And I think... You know, he's got to be allowed the time to do that before we start to see the progression. But um, just want to finish with it mm. on, on a voice line because they, uh, Sterling got a couple of goals, a beautiful second goal on a breakaway, scores Ben's one, yeah. so he gets a brace. Yeah. And then, to be fair to, to, to Forrest, Rob, they come back again, Rob a set piece, they get a ball into Aaron, he gets up uh, just onside. It was one of those where he weren't sure if he was going to be... be uh, VAR was going to save his offside, but he wasn't. He got the goal. He got back in the game. It's a really good point for them. Uh, gets them onto 34 yeah. points and out of the bottom yeah. three, 16th. And yeah. you get the sense one more win for Forrest, Rob. Um, yeah. And guess who they've got next next week at home? The Mighty Gunners. Who, a... You know, 
I'm not sure what, what we're not sure what state the, the Gunners are going to yeah, be in by the time sure. they get to Forest. Forest could be buzzing with with that crowd there. Um, you know, I just thought 34 points, Rob, might might 34 points, which they have now. Forest yeah. with two games left. I, I don't know. I think a, I think a point. I think a you point think 30, might, might yeah, be enough. Yeah, 35. 35. So yeah, yeah well, uh, two games that they can get a draw. Yeah. Um, just just one thing, Rob, and I I don't know whether. I'm a bit I'm a bit ahead of stuff here, but just back on Chelsea, we are hoping yeah. um, to meet with the owner. Um, yeah, there's a there's a there's a we, we hope you know both sides want to we we want to chat to Todd Bowley, mm. and we might be meeting him in the next couple of weeks. Yeah, I'm sure it's going to be off the record, so yeah. it's just to get an understanding mm. of what the club's going through or how he's found it in the Premier League. Um, yeah, I think it's beneficial on both sides to have yeah. a better understanding mm-hmm. of each other going forward into next season, and, and us to able to to report and to analyze more based on some, some real facts that we've, we've gained from the top man, yeah. Todd Bowley. So I think I just wanted to, to bring it in Rob to our, to our yeah, it's a viewers good point. and listeners that that's something that we think is happening. Uh, next yeah. And week, hopefully yeah. we can, we can help communicate better with a lot of the Chelsea fans here in the U S because there is plenty of them and, and mm, they've been concerned yeah. about their football club. So hopefully we can bring a bit of certainty yeah. and transparency to some of the things that they're doing. The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. Um, yeah. We have to talk about the team that, that's left the Premier League this weekend, my friend. Uh, it was Southampton who basically mm. needs to win all three mm. games to have any kind of chance of staying up. Uh, a 2-0 defeat mm. to Fulham. Um, almost summed up in a moment of the game. At one end, Alcaraz went through in the second half. was just offside. Put the ball in the back of the net. was just offside. From a resulting free kick, um, Fulham had the ball worked up to the other end of the pitch and, and Vinicius ends up... Bit, Luckily, gets a goal that falls in his path. Puts Fulham 1-0. Mitrovic comes on and make it second. And I think the, the ending we all knew was coming, but you know we were waiting to see if Southampton could delay it. Didn't happen. It kind of sums up what's been a horrible season for Southampton. Um, it's this team that sacked Ralph Hasenhurtl, who's managed to keep the team on 15th and you know, higher places in, in, in the league. Uh, and got worse, Rob. Uh, the Nathan Jones mm. appointment mm. was a disaster. Mm. Ruben Sellers yep. was a risk that hasn't worked. Uh, they had three wins when yeah. Ralph Hassan left. They've only got yeah. six in the end. Uh, Sporting Republic is the ownership group, isn't it? They, Rob, have made yeah. some really poor decisions and now have one of the biggest mm. decisions they've got to make in who they appoint and how they deal with mm. a relegation and trying to bounce back. Yeah, again, we, I've gone over this a couple of times before, I think, Rob, but no, you're right, absolutely right. Sport Republic are the owners of the football club. They've been, they're backed by a super rich billionaire Serbian business guy mm-hmm. that's basically said to, to him, give us a lot of money, we're going to buy some clubs. Rasmus Ankerson is the main guy at Sport Republic, was a, was, did a brilliant job as director of football at Brentford. Yeah. Again, another one of those that are into the data and all that. Mm. And he backed his judgment, Rob. He backed his judgment on his expertise and his... His databases of picking young players yeah. that he thought would take Southampton 
to a place. It's almost like picking, picking the great players before they're great. And the theory is brilliant. The theory is great. And there will be a couple of them that are really good that they bought. But when you have so many of them and you go, you, you, you don't go with experienced signings, like, for example, Fulham did. Yeah. Fulham went with Premier League experience to add to what they already had. Southampton really made a lot of signings. Yeah. Really made a lot of young, young signings, unproven in the Premier League. In fact, probably unproven at, at yeah. the very highest level in European football. And it was too much for them. Ralph Hasenhurtl is a fascinating example of, you know, sometimes you don't know when a team is struggling. Is it the coach? Is it the players? Yeah. Well, this one, it was the players. Mm. And they're not quite ready for the challenges and the, and the quality of the Premier League. Ralph Hasenhurtl was doing a pretty good job with a, with a tough bunch of players. I say tough bunch of players. They're, they're talented young players. Yeah. But, but as, as, as you know this league, my goodness, like you, you can't hope that, that you've got enough talent. Um, so that's mistakes. Mistakes yeah. from the manager you said of Nathan Jones. Uh, mistakes in thinking that good young players is enough to stay in this division without the experience, the toughness, the know-how to, to stay there. And that's the harsh lessons that Sport Republic, Rasmus Ankerson, who is an owner now, not just a director of football, has, has taken on the chin. That being said, they probably can spare, uh, sell a couple of players with some big money. Yeah. The other young players might be happy enough to stay at the club. They might not get another better opportunity. He might have enough there given that the next recruitment of the next manager is, is, is going to be good to come back up again. But it was a, it was a harsh lesson. And, and, and you could say similar at Leeds United, Rob, where mm. lots of young players came in and it's been div or, or, or unproven, even your Aronsons and your Siniestas and your Somervilles and your Nyontos that are good players, but they were signed more than experienced defenders, for example, to help them out. So it's all about recruitment. It really, really is. And Southampton with these new guys in charge, have made some bad decisions. Mm. And this is what happens when you do that in the Premier League. It's, un, it's unforgiving. It really is. And I don't know if you heard, um, there, was a, there was a very honest, um, frank uh, press conference with uh, James Ward-Prowse after the game. And he came out and spoke. Right. Didn't say it, Rob. What did he yeah, say? Yeah, spoke really well, Rob, about the football club. Said there's been bad decisions made from the start of the season. Uh, both on and off the pitch, he said uh, things weren't right. There's things that haven't been right at the football club that have not been addressed. Um, he said we all sh could have, should have done better. Uh, everybody could have done and should have done more. Um, and it was really interesting as, as he was talking. So I went back again and re listened to, to the interview and did a little bit of research, Rob, because you know, like you kind of think, oh, what, what he's alluding to. And I kind of unearthed a few mm. things. And again, they're all opinion pieces. And what people were talking about, you know, what, what Wood Prowse was getting to. And to, the suggestions are that there was unrest in the camp and it became a bit of a young and old camp. And apparently some of the younger players <laughs> who've come in have kind of, the moment they've arrived at Southampton, think they've arrived and late for team meetings, not attentive, mm. messing around in training. Mm. So there's a rift between the old players mm. who know what have kept us in the league and the young guns who are coming in thinking everything's wow. a bit okay. So really interesting to find out. There's talk about the manager mm. situation and how some players were going to the ownership group with, with Ralph and not happy with him and voicing their opinions. And, and so you, wow. you get behind the scenes wow. that the, these other things at play here. Yeah. And, and, and he said, and, and the thing that, that came out, some, somebody mentioned, Rob, remember not so long ago, we may be talking five, six years ago, when Southampton was almost the Brighton, the envy of the Premier League. Remember when they had the black box? Yep. 
and everyone was talking about. Remember, this is a team that sold Van Dyke, Mornay, Luke Shaw. Oh, so many. Yeah. I mean, Snydling, Huybert. I mean, over the over the last six, yeah, seven yeah, year yeah. period, what's gone out of that football club and where yeah, they are? It's, well, it's an incredible, yeah. it's an incredible position they're in. But but, that, but that's just when, when recruitment is great. Right, and you keep selling your best players. Mm. As long as you get other good ones, it's all good. But when the ones come in that aren't aren't good, then you're in trouble, aren't you? The, yeah. the, it, it kind of falls down when the new ones coming in are the same as the the Hoy Bears and the Van Dykes and everybody mm. else. So interesting, though, mate. Just, interesting. Just one and, la- um, one last question on that. I, I yeah. want to put this one to you. You James Ward Prowse. You're a current England international. You mm. top scorer, free kick um, quality. I would suspect would be in demand for other clubs in the Premier League. Well, you've been at, at, at Southampton since you were a kid through the academy. It means a lot to you. You can tell when he's talking. You can tell that he's not happy with what's gone on. What do you do, do mm. if somebody comes in? Do you, do you go back to the Premier League and, and, and try and finish clear there? Or do you say, I'm going to give Southampton a year to see if we can jump back up? Great question, mate. It's a great question. Um, my immediate response is that you get your head down um, and, and don't make any motion or noises mm. to get a move out of there. But mm-hmm. if a move comes up to a, to a bigger to a big club um, in the Premier League, you, you take it. You just got to take it. That being said, I have been in the situation. I wasn't. I, I I'm not as good. As, I wasn't as good as James Ward Prowse. I got relegated with Middlesbrough Football Club, and mm-hmm. we had a lot. Of, we had a lot of star players that ended yeah. up leaving, and. I rolled my sleeves up like many others at the club that have been there for many, many seasons. And we, we, we bounced straight back up again, back into the top flight. And that was incredibly satisfying. Was that with Brian Robson? Uh, to grind speak. out. Was that with Robert? Yeah. 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 We went down with those three points. We got deducted for, we, we broke the rules and yeah. it was the club's fault yeah. and not the player's fault. We went down by two, two points that season. So that decision yeah. uh, got us relegated. But a lot of the players stayed. And, and the was, ones was, that have been always there... Not, not the flashiest ones. We stayed and we got back up again. Was, was Robbo being the manager a big part of that, though? Because I'm, I'm, what I'm trying to say with Southampton at the moment, we don't know mm. who's in charge of that ship, do mm. we? And, and no, you've, got to, have a, you've, got, to have a, you've got to have some kind of, you know, Brinton Company's gone in at Burnley and I think impressed the guys and you know, the record speaks for itself. We don't know. So far, yeah. the Sporting Republic have made some bad decisions, some bad hires. Yeah. No, it's a good, good, good point, mate. And that's right. We did have our manager stay with us, mm. and, and and that helps. Continuity helps. Uh, of course, he persuades people to stay as well. Yeah. So yeah, it's a great point. And and who knows who they're gonna. So so yeah. Back to my first answer. If somebody comes in, you you go. Yeah, I'd like to talk to them. But mm. I, I think Ward Prowse isn't the type to say right, relegated. Right, come on, agent. I, I want to get yeah. out of here. There's some yeah. people do, by the way, because mm. we had that when we went down. Yeah. We had two or three that are like, I'm off. I'm off out of here. This is not good. Not for me. Um, he's not that guy. So again, get your head down. If somebody comes in, you, you're probably going to take the move if it's a good one. Okay, mate. Uh, so we'll have to wait and see what what happens mm. at Southampton between now and the end of the season. Who's appointed? Who stays? Who goes? And you know how they're going to deal with it with a um, championship of, of 46 games. Uh, very, very rough and tumble. Uh, as you said, Musty, you, you've been through it. You, you know what it's like trying to get back yep. up. Southampton got got to try and do it the first time of asking. Uh, listen, mate, let's, let's get to a few other results before we, we wrap things in. Aston mm. Villa 2, Tottenham 1 in a, in a game that Aston Villa now have 57 points in, in the Premier League, the same as Tottenham. Um, same as I Tottenham. I mean, it's just yeah. another example of the incredible work that Unai Emery is doing at, at that football club, mate. 
Mm. No, it is. It is. It's, it's an amazing turnaround. And given this, given the villa of the Stephen Jarrett that we saw earlier, yeah. um, you know, there, there's. Um, I see that uh, Jamie Carragher, the um, the Sky pundit, was put a list together of potential added, adding Deserby to it of managers of the season. And, yeah, and uh, Unai Emery's on that list. There's a yeah. ton of them. There's a lot. There's a lot of managers that have yeah. done great work. Absolutely. This year and improving their teams. And you don't yeah. always see that when managers change. And yeah. of course, some changes didn't work out, particularly at the bottom of the league table. Um, but no, I mean, it's, it's a great story. Aston yeah. Villa are a big club. Mm. You know, they're one of the ones I'm looking at the league table right now. They're eighth, eighth place. That's where they're that bigger club. Yeah. They're that bigger club with that much history. Mm. And they've got a great manager now that's a perfect fit for the club. Yeah. Um, so no, another, another good win for them. And Tottenham are just, they're just drifting. Yeah. They're just drifting. And, and we all know that. And they're another club that's had a, of a, bit of a disaster of a campaign with with Antonio Conte and then deciding to, to, to switch him out um, and and again Rob with the things that we've read about Nagelsmann yeah. that we thought would be kind of perfect mm. for them they're not interested who are they going to get and when are they and when are they going to do it and the director of football situation the club as well so you know Tottenham is another one that's got, got, got to give itself a shake uh, and and again it goes back to recruitment Rob of getting the yeah. right people and and we have seen Aston Villa, Arsenal, Newcastle. You get the right person, yeah. things can turn pretty quickly. And I, I honestly think that they can be the same at Spurs as well if they get the right guy. Somebody has got the right person. Not sure if he's on Jamie Carragher's list. Roy Hudson, Crystal Palace 2, Bournemouth 0. And probably one of the only games this weekend where he didn't have that much riding on it. Two teams who were in possible relegation trouble have, have got themselves out of it. Um, I, I saw quite a bit of this game, Rob. Uh, did it as one of my highlights in, in, in that 10 o'clock window. And I've got to t tell you, it was one of those pleasurable watches of three very talented footballers. Eze, Elise, mm. and Zaha, mm. mate, were absolutely yeah. the yeah. difference. Yeah. Um, between right. those three, if you could find a regular goal scorer at the top of the pitch, and, and with what else they got the football yeah. club Roy Hodgson, it's a, it's a very, very tasty-looking Palace team. And um, it's interesting, Rob, because there was talk about Zaha's contract up and whether he's going to stay or not. And he's been linked to the likes of Arsenal and Newcastle. He's going on a free transfer this summer. Um, I'd be disappointed. I just think, stay at Palace, work with these young players. They're giving yeah. you a new leaf of life. The, the, the football club's got a, a different energy about it now. Um, didn't half play well then. I don't know if you saw the Eze uh, second goal. I think he's got 10 goals now for the season in Premier League, at least 10 Premier League assists. Yeah, he's a special talent. But the Eze pass, the yeah, at least yeah. pass to Eze, the Eze draw inside three players smashed in the top corner. Smashed My goal of the mm. day by, by, by a distance. Mm. No, I did see it. And it, it, it's, yeah, but I just like the team. I mean, even the, the, the defence, Rob, it was a new, new defence, wasn't it, for, for Vieira? Yeah. With Gahey yeah, yeah. and, and Joaquin Anderson, Anderson, the two players yeah. that are brought in from other clubs, and they've been brilliant. You've got Tara Mitchell at left back, who's an mm. excellent fullback. Um, whether they try and get a different right back, I don't know. But I, I just think Roy Hutchinson will continue, Rob. I think Roy yeah. Hutchinson will continue. It's a different squad that, than, he, than he left. He left it a much different squad. Nowhere near the same ability of the squad mm. that's got now. Roy Hutchinson now, given this squad, is doing good stuff. So, I don't know, we'll see. It's all, it'll be all about Roy Hutchinson, but if you're Steve Parrish, Rob, do you think he's saying to Roy, listen, if you want it, it's yours for next season? Do you think, do you think yeah. he's saying that to him? I think I'd be tempted just based on what I've seen now and if the players are yeah. happy and might also influence whether Wilf is, is happy to stay or, or not. And 
Mm. I mean, listen, mm. I, I sense, and, and again, just a little bit of, uh, of intel, Graham Potter is their choice. They believe Graham Potter is a good oh, fit right. for Crystal Palace. Now, whether Graham yeah, Potter that'd be good. ready yeah. for that, wants that job, feel that's the right job for him after the Chelsea, he's had a bit of time out, he's been paid up, mm. he's probably hungry to, to come back again. There's a bit of Brighton Palace thing going on there, they'd have to work that out. But yeah, Graham Potter is an, is an interesting one that's on the radar. But yeah, listen, I think if you're Steve Parrish and, you, and, and you, you're coming to the summit, you're not as worried as you were. And if things don't go well with talks with other people, you've got Roy there who can hold the ship for you. So. Yeah, things right, looking well, up can for I Palace. Just, can, I just, can I just side note a little bit here? Yeah. Just a quick one. You know, the way that Chelsea have gone since he's left, is there an argument that Tottenham might say, you know what, maybe Potter wasn't, maybe maybe Potter <laughs> did the best he could in a very different situation. <laughs> maybe Potter, well, maybe, well, maybe Graham Potter, it's still... It's really funny culture, that you said and, and that. Maybe right. Spurs is a better fit. <laughs> it's really funny you said that, because last night I'm, I'm, I'm getting far too deeply thinking in these things. And I'm thinking, it's almost like a merry-go-round, you know. Poch wasn't good, at, good enough at Spurs, but he's got the Chelsea job. Tuchel wasn't good enough at, at Chelsea, but he's got the Munich job. Nangelsmann wasn't good enough at Munich, yeah. but hasn't got the Chelsea job. And Potter wasn't good at Chelsea. Could he end up at Spurs? I mean, it's like this moving chairs of four or five young managers, and who knows at the time. By next week, somebody else might be in the frame. Listen, one manager yeah, who deserves some credit uh, in, in closing, mate, is... Um, Thomas Frank, whose Brentford team beat a West Ham side, who've probably got their eyes on the Alkmaar second leg in the European uh, Europa Conference League yep. semi-final. Um, but there's no Ivan Tony for, for Brentford, uh, Rob. So you missed 20 goals at the top end of the, of the pitch and all that he brings. Um, but Mboma and Wiesa got, got the goals in, in the first half. And Bowman with a turnover, uh, good win possession. Uh, Wiesa with a, a set-piece throw-in routine that we've seen them work. And we were talking about that actually today, me and Steve Warnock, mate. The long throw seems to be having a, a comeback in the game, doesn't it? Long throw-ins. Remember the Rory Delap Stoke days where he used to mm. launch it in? Well, like yeah, big, big Sam's brought it back in at Leeds. Yeah, everybody's Leeds, he's got, a he's got um, McKenny doing it at Leeds. Yeah. Just, just before we, we close, mate, I, I've got to get my underappreciated form of the weekend, and I've left it till, till the last. Mm. Um, and I'm not sure we've mm. ever had him before. Thomas Frank, my friend, when we talk about managers and expectations and better, building players and get, making teams better and players better and, and, you know, teams struggling at the bottom of the league. And you look at, you know, I'm looking at Southampton and Leicester and Leeds and Everton, Forest to a lesser degree, West Ham and, and, and Bournemouth and maybe a Palace. And Thomas Frank, Rob, is, is, is this level kind of coach who plays a good style of football who works with his players, has generally got a great relationship. You can see that there's a real chemistry between the two. It's very rare since Brentford have been in the Premier League that I've seen a day where I've said, nah, they didn't really turn up today, weren't really at it. They've not won all the time. They've not played great all the time. But you, there's a certain something you get from a Thomas Frank mm. team. Mm. And um, if he was available, Rob, and people were looking, I think there's a few who could do a lot worse than, than, than go at take Thomas Frank. I know his football might not be quite as maybe, you know, mm. high-end as, as some may mm. think, um, but I also think you've got to remember the players he's working with, some who was the first time in the Premier League. I think they play different styles. I think they give teams problems. Uh, there's no doubt he's developed players who could all be sold for, for big profits. 
so anyway, my underappreciated performer of the week is Thomas mm. Frank, my friend. Yeah, I think given where they are on the league table right now, is it going to be their best ever finish or something? Yeah. They're going to be top, top 10, top, probably yeah. finish for Brentford. I think that might be guaranteed, I think I read, um, given where they are right now. It's a, certainly is a great shout. Second season for this team to kick on has been excellent. Um, they have got an incredible goal scorer in Ivan Tony. He's got 20 Premier League mm. goals, which is great for any manager. But no, I totally agree with the, with the, with the comment you made about they're always up for it. And, and there's one thing that, that I remember from his press conferences that he always says about the attitude, attitude of his, his squad is, is tremendously, is, is brilliant. It's a big part of it. I mean, I guess some might think that he potentially has earned a position at Tottenham, maybe. Not mm. for me. And, and I'll be honest here, Rob, where, and I, again, like, I don't know. It's just how I feel about things. I, I'm, I, I'll put him in the category right now of when Sean Dyche was doing good things at Burnley. Yeah. I, I totally appreciated what he did. I just, I couldn't, I just couldn't, might be just me, see a good fit at one of the bit, a top eight, a big, big club of, of Sean Dyche at that time. I yeah. might go wrongly, you know. It didn't happen, but I just felt like, nah. Even though I love what he does and it's a little bit different and it's effective and he's respectful and he talks great, exactly the same with Thomas Frank. All those things. Mixes his game up well, physicality. Yeah. I just don't think he's, he would be ready, in my opinion, to jump up to one of them. Now, if you have another season next year, Rob, and he, finished, he even does even better, yeah. which is a very, very difficult ask, mm. then, maybe, then maybe I change my mind. But right now, I think he's at a great club with great recruitment. They love him to bits. He works brilliant with his squad. Obviously, he can re-motivate this team from season to season, from game to game, and it's doing a stunning job there. I just, I, I don't, you know, I just don't think he's ready. That's my opinion, Rob. Do, do you differ from that? Do you think he could jump into a top? Yeah, I, I, six, I think seven he's a brilliant club? communicator. Um, I think with better players, I, I just think sometimes you only see the capacity of a manager depended on the, the level of the players they've got. I think, I think he can go next level. I think he's an educated guy. He looks a smart coach. He doesn't rely on just one system. They work on, on, on good mm. basics, Rob, set pieces and, and things like that. They, 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 they come up with so many different ways of doing things. He, mm. He's got, you know, he might need to take some of that, that group with him a little, a little bit like his recruitment and, and his assistants and that. So it might be, you know, Thomas Frank uh, at plus however many, but I'd, I'd like to at some point him seen, being given the chance. It might take another year, and I don't think he needs to be in a rush because I think he, he's doing great work at the moment. No. But um, it's really interesting. They beat, they beat West Ham 2-0. I know West Ham fans are, are still a little bit, you know, we, you hear the, the, the remarks about David Moyes. I think West Ham would be, would be a really good mm. touch for Thomas Frank. You said, sorry, mate, you just said something that, that, that interests me a little bit. Like, yeah, I think he's excellent at basics. Yeah. He's done the basics brilliantly well at Brentford. Mm. But obviously that jump up requires yeah. more than basics. Mm. It, it requires something special, something different, something clever. You yeah. know, you got, you got to, you got to, you got to beat teams that, you know, regularly that, that you'd expect to beat, And that might take something other than mm. just the basics done really, really well. Anyway, it's just, just a quick point from what you said, but no, there's yeah. no question. He's had a, he's on that list of, of potential manager seasons, had a brilliant season. It's a great shout for underappreciated because, People aren't talking a lot about Thomas no, Frank. No. Um, but, of course, we see the team, we see the interviews, yeah. we see everything that he does, and he's an impressive guy. Yeah, sure. and we see how difficult it is to stay in the Premier League. Just ask uh, Southampton about that, who had uh, 11 seasons in there, mate, and, and yep. are going to be one in the uh, Championship next season. Yep. 
Listen, mate, on a weekend when Gundogan came good at Goodison, mouthful, did Zerbi Ball prove too much for Arsenal at the Emirates? And it looks like handling, handing the title to City. We'll be back on Wednesday, as May the 17th, when we'll look back at the two Champions League semi-finals, see if Manchester City can get over Madrid and face one of the Milan teams in the final that takes place in Istanbul on June the 10th. But for now, I'm Earl. He's Musty, together with the two Robbies. Thanks for watching and listening. Be safe, stay healthy. For all the female mothers out there, have a happy Mother's Day. It's a good night from me. And it's good night from him. Good, good night. night. Reese's peanut butter cups are the greatest, but let me play devil's advocate here. Let's see. So, no, that's a good thing. Uh, (laughs) That's definitely not a problem. Uh, Reese's, you did it. You stumped this charming devil. The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand.